the more I get done, you feel better about yourself. If people say, what have you been up to? You can rattle off that list of things and you're like, okay, today was a good day. But the thing is, sometimes the most productive thing we can do is actually slow down and rest. Hello guys, welcome back to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. This is an interview episode with Bridget Murphy, health coach and meditation teacher. In this episode, Bridget touches on the benefits of meditation, her tips on stress management and how to become the truest version of yourself. This was such a fun episode to record and I hope you guys love listening. Without further ado, here is my chat with Bridget. Bridget, welcome to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm super excited today to talk all things um, The Truest You and get really into what you do and your passion. I just love speaking to people who are so passionate about what they do. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Thank you. Likewise. So firstly, I always ask every guest the same question, which is what does real health mean to you? I always find this hard to encapsulate, I guess, what real health means to you. But I guess at the end of the day, and this is where my business name comes from too, is just being able to truly be yourself Mm -hmm. and feel comfortable in that too. So I guess feeling at ease physically, mentally and emotionally and nurturing all of those areas equally. So taking a really holistic approach. And I think another thing would be being resilient in those areas too. So feeling like you have the tools and strategies to manage and cope during the ups and downs that get thrown our way. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Next segment I always do is the real recap. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about the week that was for you? Sure. So I started off this week with a bit of a pep in my step because it was the first time that I was able to go back home to the country and see my parents after I think was probably two months. So quite a long Mm. time. Uh, We are quite close. So that's a super long time for us not to see each other so I found that really refreshing and then kicked off the week back in Melbourne I work from home normally most of the time so I guess that side of things hasn't been much different so working from home lots of walks around the tan which is nice and close and apart from that I feel like it's been going well Nice. Beautiful. Um, So I didn't send you this question, but I always like to ask people what stage of life that they're in. So a lot of people will ask people what they do or, you know, that sort of thing. But I feel like people are a lot more than what they do. So in in a few sentences, what stage of life are you in? And just tell us a little bit more about yourself. So stage of life, I'm not sure if this is a response that you're after, but I feel like things are sort of coming together if that makes sense. So I feel like I've, um, so in my early 20s, I was, I won't go into great depth, but obviously I was working as a primary school teacher, so a very different field. Um, I got really unwell for about four years. And so that took lots of rebuilding, unlearning, relearning, and I guess really stepping into the truest version of myself then. Um, Then after that, it was just that focus on rebuilding and then building the truest you. So now I feel like my foundations are really strong. My vision is really clear for what I want. I have so much more clarity and I'm so much more aligned with what's most important to me as well. So I feel like things are coming together and I'm much more at ease. And I guess that's what's helping me to give the most that I can to uh, my clients at the truest you too. Yeah, lovely. I love that so much. Meditation has become quite the buzzword um, in the last few years. Mm -hmm. What are the benefits of meditation and why do you think it's become so popular? 
There's so many benefits and I guess there's common ones and then different ones for each individual. So the one of the biggest ones is that it can calm or does calm your nervous system. So it takes you from that fight or flight to the rest and digest, which is so important for us to heal and recover and just to let our mind and body catch up to one another. So if we're in fight or flight, our body, our brain is telling our body that we're not safe essentially. And as soon as we slip into that rest and digest, our brain is telling our body that it's safe. So all of the systems then within the body are functioning more optimally and more at ease. So less tension physically, mentally and emotionally during that time. I think coming out of a meditation or even while you're doing a meditation can give you so much perspective too. A lot of people go into a meditation, they might feel quite foggy, unrelaxed, stressed, anxious, and then they feel like they come out of that with clarity and perspective and they're like, oh, okay, I was." they can see how much I guess they were caught on autopilot and just reliving through old patterns of behaviour and habitual ways of being. I know personally, and I've spoken to lots of people too about this, is that they come out of meditation feeling much more creative. And I think that's because they've freed up that headspace too. So their body and mind are in one place now, caught up to one another, and they're like, okay, I've got space and I can actually think, whereas there's so much internal chatter beforehand that it's hard to let anything else in. And I guess that's not to say, and this is a misconception, that meditation is actually about quieting your mind or actually silencing it, and that's where people stop. Because they're like, my brain won't stop. As soon as I sit still, everything just bubbles to the surface and it's so frustrating and uncomfortable that they don't actually stick with meditation and a meditation practice as well. So I feel like they're, like those are like great benefits and I feel like a lot of people are starting to catch on to all of those benefits. But I, I've he- heard so many people say, oh, I can't meditate. Meditation isn't for me. What tips do you have for those people? Yeah, definitely. So like you said, and I didn't answer the previous part of the question, it has, I guess, gained momentum. And even, I guess, I don't know if popularity is the word, but it's become more common. There's much like many more tools out there for people to be able to be guided through meditation and to be hearing the benefits too, more so. But for people that struggle to meditate, I always recommend coming back to breath as an anchor. So I think people don't, who don't have a meditation practice and are just starting out, then they feel like they have to go into this 20 minutes of meditation, sitting in a beautiful space, you know, no distractions. And for a lot of people, that's really unrealistic to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I just say, focus on your breath to begin with and just be really mindful of that. So the easiest way to do that is just to extend your exhale. So make sure that your exhale is a bit longer than your inhale and just keep focusing on that. And if you can keep checking in throughout the day doing that, then you're sort of building the foundation for your meditation practice too. Um, Another thing would be to start small. So like I just said, don't jump into 20 minutes. If you're just starting out or if you're still finding it really challenging, just start smaller. So you might start with even two or three minutes and that's fine. So you could do guided meditations just to keep you focused and your brain will wander. I think understanding that before you begin and giving yourself permission to let your brain wander is okay. It's just having the tools to bring it back eventually. So you can do short guided meditations. I've got some on Blue Map. Um, There's some inside my online online membership 
And there's others out there like Insight Timer. So there's lots at hand if you're wanting to be guided through some meditations too. Um, And I think it's just that acceptance around it not being all sunshine and rainbows and that you'll come out with all of these epiphanies and feel amazing straight away because some days, you know, meditation is really hard. I find even with my own practice, some days I don't feel like doing it and Mm -hmm. my mind is louder than other days and that's okay. It's just the consistency of the practice. So commit to that. It might be that you do commit to three minutes every day or you might start with, you know, five minutes every second day, whatever works best for you. Just don't follow somebody else's practice to a T if it doesn't work for you. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because I feel like even when I started meditating and it's been something that I've been really good at like sustaining and being consistent with and then other times I'm not so good with it. But I think it's so easy to look on like somebody's day in their life on YouTube and see that they meditate twice for 20 minutes and it's like, oh my God, I can't do that. Like I feel like people need to know that something's better than nothing. Exactly. I'm all for something is better than nothing across all areas of my coaching and Another thing to note is that if you are finding it really hard, I used to have a like ridiculously busy brain and found meditation. There was lots of resistance, I guess, when it came to it. Um, And I was one of those people that was like, I'm not good at it. But I actually dropped into meditation properly for the first time when I was at a yoga nidra class, so where they play the the Tibetan singing bowls. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you've been to one of those yourself. Yeah, is that like the sleep yoga? Yeah, it's. I think it goes under many different names. So ideally you don't fall asleep, I guess, if you're doing it properly. Um, it's just you're dropping in. It sort of feels like that moment. I sort of liken it to that moment, you know, when you're on the beach and you're just about to fall asleep and have a nap and you're just in that in-between where you can hear the waves and you can sort of hear people but you're not really, really alert. So yeah. And that's where I dropped into meditation for the first time and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. So that was my motivation to continue. So if you're somebody that does continually find it hard and you can't work through the barriers, I suggest looking into something like that too. Yeah, I loved that so much. I went to one of those classes. Um, It was actually like a work event that we did and I remember feeling so rejuvenated after like I had had a big sleep but I didn't Mm. feel you know when you like nap in the day and you feel really groggy afterwards I didn't feel that at all and I remembered that she was speaking the whole time but I just didn't remember what she was saying and then afterwards I just like yeah came to again like not that I was out of it but yeah it was just a really amazing experience it is and I'm glad you've experienced it for yourself too because then you get to a point where you're like am I even laying down flat anymore or you sort of have to bring life back to the body too because you so I guess it's that bringing your body back into ease and nourishing your nervous system that your mind hasn't been so hyper alert which a lot of anxious people do find that that's the space that they're in that hyper alertness Mm -hmm. on edge tense so it's meditation is great for everybody But if you're finding that, I guess you're having quite intense ups and downs, whether that be from anxiety, stress, depression, um, even just on a daily basis, if things are triggering you, then it's so important to have these practices in place. So then you've got tools when you get to those moments, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us feel like when something goes wrong, then we're like, okay, what can we do about it? But we're not looking at things that we can put in place beforehand so things aren't as extreme when they do happen. 
And it can be really confronting to do that work, I think, for some people to be like, okay, I know inside my um, membership program is that we talk lots about fears, limiting beliefs and our triggers too. And obviously that's a lot to work through, but I'm there to support them. And people are like, oh, that explains why that keeps happening. And they're just stuck on this loop all the time. And they're like, why in these situations? I know what I should be doing, but I can't do it. I don't know if you've experienced, you know, extreme stress or anxiety and you have all the tools, but then it gets to that moment and you're like, it just goes out the window. You're like, oh, in hindsight, you reflect and you're like, I should have done that. But it had sort of gotten so far that you couldn't think straight, I guess, in that moment, or you weren't thinking logically. So things like meditation are a great tool to have and be practicing consistently. So then you're not having those extreme highs and lows so often. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes mm. sense. When it comes to stress management as a whole, obviously mm-hmm. you've said that meditation is a fantastic tool to have. What other points do you think are good for stress management, especially in this crazy time? There are so many, but one of the biggest things I would say is to make sure that what you're doing is aligned with your personal values and your priorities. Now, it sounds so obvious, I know, but lots of us can get caught up living life on autopilot so we're just rushing from one thing to the next and we sort of don't stop to take stock of where we're at so we might say I really value family connection and freedom but then we're spending most of our time not with our family and not connecting with people who are close to us and all of these things so we're not in alignment which then increases our stress and anxiety and we just constantly feel like we're doing everything but getting nowhere so make sure that when you're, whether you plan, if you're a planner and you map out your weeks, just make sure that the things that you're giving your time and energy to are things that are important to you. And people often say, yeah, but Bridget, I have to go to work. You know, I have to go to work to look after my family or I have to go to work to give myself the freedom to go on holidays. I truly get that. Like I am realistic and I understand, but it has to be you're knowing what you're doing so you're more conscious of what you're doing. And if you're going to a job that you really dislike and you're dreading every single day, then then I would say, you know, think about how you can perhaps do something different within that environment or lots of people are wanting to start their own businesses. So start thinking about those things. I think we keep ourselves stuck sometimes too, which adds to stress as well. Um. Another thing would be to just have some white space. I know this works well for me and many of my clients is to just, again, it doesn't have to be really big and like you said, something is better than nothing. So just have some white space in your week and you might schedule this roughly even to say, okay, Wednesday afternoons, I'm going to have 10 minutes just to do whatever. And when that white space comes around, you choose what you feel like doing in that time. So you might be like, okay, I feel like doing a workout or you might feel like doing the opposite and you just feel like resting during that time. Mm -hmm. And by giving yourself that white space, you've already given yourself permission to do what feels right in that moment, not like I have to do something. So lots of people look forward to that time and it's just a really good circuit breaker too, just to jump off autopilot and get some perspective again. Another thing would be, and that's linked to that one too, is give yourself permission to rest. I think, I don't know about you, Ed, but a lot of us feel like we have to be going all the time and link our productivity to our self-worth. We're like, okay, 
the more I get done, you feel better about yourself. If people say, what have you been up to? You can rattle off that list of things and you're like, okay, today was a good day. But the thing is, sometimes the most productive thing we can do is actually slow down and rest. Because I know if I'm having a really, you know, a quiet, I guess, big day in front of my computer and lots of thought going in, and I'm not feeling as creative as I normally would, the worst thing I can do is force myself to keep sitting there and trying. And mm-hmm. there are days obviously when things need to get done and you're like, okay, I'd need to sit with this for another half an hour. But there's other days where I'm like, okay, I'm going to just take 10 minutes and then I'll come back. And a great way I explain this is, and you've probably experienced this yourself and those listening, is that when you jump in the shower, you like have all of these great ideas. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. why didn't I think of that earlier? And it's because you've just you know, had a break, stepped away and not necessarily giving yourself permission to rest, but it's just that break that your brain is craving. So there are a few things there. There's so many that I could share, but I won't keep going on. But the final one I will share is to do something just for fun. And a great way to focus on this is to write an absolute yes list. So we're so good at writing to-do lists and have to-do lists. But if you write one that's where you would just write down everything that you would say yes to without hesitation. It can be big things, small things, something you can do in, you know, two minutes or two hours. It really doesn't matter. There aren't any rules. But doing things just for fun that don't necessarily have an outcome, I think we've become so set on doing things that have an outcome and then that links back to our productivity, whereas just doing something and being like, okay, I'm just going to do this for fun, see how it goes, or be okay if two hours is up and, you know, there's nothing, I guess, to show physically for what you've done, but you can feel a change within. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with that. I feel like sometimes even on my walks when I listen to podcasts, I feel like they always need to be educational podcasts or things about nutrition or PT just so I can learn. But I think you need to sometimes be able to step away and then just listen to something that you enjoy listening to. It's not necessarily going to improve you in any way. It's just adding to the joy that you have in that moment. Exactly, exactly. And I can relate to what you've said, that wanting to learn. And if you're a person that's really keen to learn all the time, which I am, it can be hard to step back because you can get joy and from learning, but it's just things that I guess just reminding yourself, does this have an outcome? And if it does, then maybe just give yourself some, listen to some music or even just go for a walk without your earphones in, do a bit of a sensory walk and just slow down a little bit. And you'll take, you'll notice so much more too, because I know when I'm listening to educational things, I'm sort of so focused on that. And then I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. I'll pop that down in the notes on my phone. And I'm not really in the moment. I want to know your best advice for somebody, and it can just be one, I feel like obviously this is what your business is centered around, but mm-hmm. what is your best advice for somebody who is really wanting to step into the truest versions, version of themselves? I think you need to, it's really hard to find a starting point, but I guess seek support if you're so lost and can't find a starting point. Um, if you're finding that you've been going around in circles but you can't work out where to begin or get that consistency, then seek support. But if you're wanting to start on your own, get really clear on what's most important to you. So list your personal values, narrow them down to five. List what's most important to you, narrow that down to five and use that as a guide. 
So use that as a guide to where uh, who and what you're giving your energy and time to. I guess also help that helps to set really healthy boundaries as well and to show you where you need to form some healthier habits. So by doing that, you'll set a strong foundation to knowing more about yourself and aligning your life to match that as well. Yeah, I feel like that's such good advice. I love that. Thank you. So I have one last segment, which is quick cues. So a few questions and whatever comes to your mind first. Yep, no worries. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Sun or moon? Oh, I don't think I can choose. (laughs) Um, I'm not allowed to say both, am I? No, you can say both. (laughs) I'll say both. I'll say both. I'm one of those, and I know I'm not making this quick, but I'm one of those people that's always like, oh, look at that, look at that, trying to take photos of the moon unsuccessfully. Uh, That's like my mum, she loves the moon. Um, Park or beach? Uh, Beach. Beach. Uh, Sunrise or sunset? Oh, now you've got me again. I think sunrise. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell I'm a real sun moon lover? I would say sunrise. I like that time of morning before I guess the rush sets in of the day with everybody around. Yeah, love that. And last one, TV series or movie? Movie. I'm not a Netflix person. Believe it or not, wow. so not a, not a, I don't think I've actually watched a series. Oh my goodness! So, what? There you go. I know. I feel like I'm really not fitting into um, whatever generation of person I am. But yeah, on that note, I do watch Home and Away, and I know people tell me I should not tell people that, but I, I love Home and Away. Home and Away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a really good zone out time for me. So yes, yeah. I do watch Home and Away. So there's my shameful moment. Oh, that's so funny. I go I go in and out of watching Home and Away just because it's on every night. So if I get really hooked, then I waste, like not waste, but like I spend a lot of time on it. So I try and like go in and out. But at the moment, I'm starting to get back into it. But I remember when I was in high school, my drama teacher loved it as well. So every day we'd go and be like, oh my God, guess what happened last night? And she's like, did you watch? And I was like, yes. And you can easily miss a month or even, you know, a week or a month and know what's happening when you come back to it. So that's the beauty of it too. Well, that's the best thing. Like there's always new people, but the foundation stays the same. So it just it feels really homely. Like it feels like wholesome. And that you can, yeah, easily catch up and zone out. Yeah. Um, we're not sponsored by Home and Away, but we'll move No, we on. are not. We are not. <laughs> Bridget, I've so enjoyed chatting uh, with you. Where can my uh, listeners find you for more? Thank you. It's been great to chat with you too. So you can find me over on Instagram at The Truest You, on Facebook at The Truest You Health Coaching and also on my website, thetruestyou.com.au. And if you go to the same address and just click on free there, you can get a free mini masterclass with me where I take you through five steps that I work through within my membership and also with my clients. So if you're wanting to become I guess the truest version of yourself and live more in alignment so you can build some healthier habits and reduce your stress and anxiety then that's the place to go so good and i'll link all of that below thank you so much for chatting with us my pleasure thanks so much Eb. And that is a wrap on another Real Health Conversation. I really hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Bridget. And if you'd like to hear or see more from me, head over to Instagram at Ebony May Health. And until next time, I wish you happiness and real health.